Good morning, everybody. Tony Gonzalez with Garage Composites coming to you again. This is part two of a two-part series with John Hines, the president of North American KTM. Listen in, and you can hear the finish up of the interview between us and him. We're going to do our best to get new thinking out there. There's going to be discussions centered around growth and new thinking. That's where those great ideas come from, exploring them together. Nuggets that you can go back and put into your dealership that'll help you make more money. This is GarageCast. Welcome to GarageCast. As advertised last week, we are talking with John Hines from KTM. He is the CEO of North America, and we're going to get back into our conversation here. This is going to be part two, a two-part series. Sam, let's kick it right back off where we left off. Hit him. John, thanks for being back with us again. We we left you with brand absorption and kind of KTM on your take on not just service absorption, but absorption of the brand through parts garments all the way through. One of the things that would increase that brand absorption is obviously some new products on the showroom floor. I want to shift gears here and let's talk about uh, electric motorcycles first. We'll get into your electric bicycles here in a little bit, but let's go electric Let's go away from internal combustion here. You guys ventured into electric motorcycles as early as 2015. As a company, did you know e-mobility was about to explode or you just kind of had a gut feeling or what was the impetus there? You know, from from a global perspective, of course, there has been a lot of trends towards uh, electric powertrain and in electric mobility. So the the Freeride was the very first global product that our company brought forth and our board of directors saw that that opportunity to bring that to market. We actually brought it over in in Europe first and we brought it to North America. We did a a test pilot kind of in 2018, uh, 2019 with a a small number of dealers and a, a small amount of product. And what we saw was Europe was kind of leading that e-mobility kind of structure in in part because of the urban structure they have around cities and commuting and uh, how people get around and kind of that last mile commute and some of the, the early opportunities with electric in part because of battery capacity and the technology that was available at that time. So we brought the free ride E in with a small group of dealers, tested the concept, tested the product and at that time, of course, Tesla was was uh, coming on strong, and there was becoming much broader acceptance of electric product, uh, Lime, Bird, you know, different last mile products here in in America, and the pedal assist bicycles uh, was also much stronger in Europe before it ever was in the United States, and so we saw the opportunity to because of the broader acceptance of electric mobility product to bring in the free ride E and, and the product's been a huge success now. And we're, we're adding more dealers, training up more dealers, bringing in more product there. And recently, I think, you know, we brought in our electric mini product. The, the very first one was our uh, SXE5 for KTM, Husqvarna and GasGast, a little 50 electric and that's been a huge success as well. And so we're going to continue to build on that. We see the opportunity with electric motorcycling as a way to to capture the next generation of motorcyclists, especially with youth. And we think that 
electric from a technology standpoint really connects to youth. They're used to plugging in devices, used to charging things. They're not they're not used to adding gas and in oil and for riders that have been around like we have and fell in love with it at a at an early age with two strokes and then four strokes, young kids coming in, they're 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 not used to that. And when they have an opportunity to ride our little 50 electric product, they, they fall in love and parents fall in love right after that because they see the smiles on their kids' faces and how easy they are to maintain and use. And it's been an um, incredible product for it, for us. And we think that that's an opportunity to grow the next generation of riders uh, with electric on the motorcycle T- side. Tony, did you see how John's face lit up when he started talking about the little electric mini bikes, right? With two little ones at home, you should have seen him on stage, how excited he was when he gave that presentation about yeah. these cool bikes coming in. But you're right. They don't they don't know about mixing oil and gas and everything like that. And I, I sit here and I think about as a parent, if you're taking your kid to the racetrack and you can just take this bike and put it in the back of the truck or the SUV or whatever, right? It can fit inside of the minivan if you want, because we don't have fumes going everywhere. I don't get gas pouring, spilling all over. So the idea of starting with the young ones uh, and maybe as the battery life starts to grow, m- making the bigger bikes correspond to that. Uh, I really like that. That's super cool. That leads me into my next question for you, John, which is, you know, you guys appear to be really invested in in the e portion of the business, not only in bikes, but in motorcycles. So would you consider yourself leading the way for electric off-road motorcycle racing? Yes, I, I would. Yes, that's a, a pretty clear answer. Uh, we, we started uh, with our electric 50 and we worked with uh, here in the United States with, with AMA. We worked with um, some of the largest promoters, uh, MX Sports uh, that, that own the Loretta Lynn's property. And we wanted to make sure that when, when our company brought a performance product, a racing product to market, that we had a place to go race it. So, of course, we worked with with both of those organizations um, and they work with racing promotion companies around, around the country then uh, to institute those classes. So we actually did it together with them and we made an announcement to the other OEMs and said, we're, we're coming with this product. And if anyone else is coming with it, then we should work together to help AMA develop a set of regulations that are, that are fair for everyone. And, work within the parameters of internal combustion that we know. And one of the other companies that, that raised their hand was actually Cobra Motorcycle, Sean Hilbert there. Uh, we know Sean really well, and we worked together, uh, our engineers with his engineers, together with, with AMA to develop a set of regulations for that little electric 50 class. And when we look at our business, we I feel it's our responsibility. We're a leader in the market and we got to lead it forward and help grow the next generation of, of racers and riders. And so working collaboratively as an industry for the betterment of the industry and, and our dealer network is the right thing to do. So in, in that particular case, um, we, we welcomed anyone that wanted to be a part of it. And we've got some, some new electric product that's coming in addition to our, our little fifties. And we're going to do the same thing and, work with the industry to develop a, a great set of regulations that work well with the current structure of internal combustion and give an opportunity for families and young athletes to come and race and compete on new electric motorcycles. I'll tell you the, the one thing that I, I went to that, that, that I've, that I've gone to was a electric F1 race. You know, they have their own series that they run. I saw a race in Montreal 
super exciting. The feel of the whole thing is pretty damn close. You know, the only thing that I, I sit there and I, and I'm like, man, it's going to be odd to sit there and watch a super cross dead silent, you know, that was, and not <laughs> smelling race fuel is going to seem really weird, but super exciting. It, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. We don't see it as a, as a replacement. We think internal combustion is here for, yeah. for an extended period of time. And we're investing in internal combustion. Uh, as Sam knows at our, at our dealer summit, we launched a whole new generation of internal combustion, you know, off-road racing motorcycles and uh, huge investments into that area of the business. Globally, we've got around 5,300 employees. And out of that 5,300, we have a thousand of them that are in research and development. So there's a massive wow. investment from our organization into new products and new product development. So we invest around 10% of our overall revenue into research and development. So there's, there's a massive investment from our organization in terms of dollars in people resources to develop and bring new products to market. And it's, it's not all electric and it's not all internal combustion. You know, we see an opportunity in different categories and like we talked about different uses of the product to help grow the sport that we love. And right now the, what we feel with electric is the, the greatest opportunity is to work with youth and bring youth into the sport, reduce barriers for, for families and, and help make it easier to come into the sport and then enjoy the sport that way uh, with electric powered motorcycles. Well, you're leading right into my next question here, John, which is, uh, and I'm going to muddy the waters here with electric bicycles as well as your electric motorcycles. But when you're talking about e-mobility versus internal combustion engines, you've got significant plans for growth in both channels happening simultaneously. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, it's absolutely a fair statement. Yes. Okay. Can you put some numbers behind that, whether that's volume or uh, uh, unit forecast or uh, obviously time and, and revenue for R&D is something you just threw out there. But anything else you can back that up with so people get an idea of the, idea of the scale? So from a, from a midterm uh, global perspective, the company is looking you know, to be somewhere around 350,000 motorcycles and 350,000 bicycles. So in a in a short period of time, we're looking to actually equalize the the sales potential of both the bicycle channel and the motorcycle channel. So we're looking for you know tremendous growth to come from e bicycles and, and acoustic bicycles and help support our our dealers around the world. I want everybody to just hear that three hundred fifty thousand motorcycles, three hundred fifty thousand e bicycles, a one to one solution moving forward. That is, that is huge. That is fantastic. So John, I, I'm sure it's not just a very linear black and white answer. Is it your hope that one feeds into the other, you know, that, that the bicycle will feed you into the power sports division of this, or is it that we are mutually exclusive? They're two totally different things. I mean, what's, what's the play? It doesn't even have to be a play. What's the philosophy, I guess. So you're, you're right. It's, it's not a linear, uh, straightforward answer, but on the, 
depending, again, it's a branded approach to business. So it depends on the brand that we're talking about. So from a e-bicycle perspective, both Gas Gas and, and Husqvarna e-bicycles, we expect that those connect and resonate with a lot of our motorcycle customers. Um, they're distributed through a lot of our motorcycle dealers here in North America and in Europe. They're also in independent bicycle dealers. But those those brands connect and resonate with customers that that own our products already. We did a little bit of research on Husqvarna e-bicycles here in North America. We've been working with our dealers for a year now on that brand and with those products. And we actually checked the warranty registrations of the customers that had bought Husqvarna e-bicycles. And we expected really a, a very high connection or correlation to ownership of a Husqvarna motorcycle or KTM gas gas motorcycle. And what we actually found through the research was it was 50%, which was pretty surprising to us. So right. we thought it would be 80, 90, 95%. So it was coming directly from our motorcycle customers. That was who was going to buy the product. And the opportunity that's there is 50% of those customers own one of our motorcycles already and 50% don't. So we're able to bring a completely new customer into our dealerships that our dealers have never seen. They've never bought one of our motorcycle products before. So the, the value proposition to our dealers on the bicycle side is our brands are connecting and resonating and that product is connecting and resonating with a complete new customer base. So we're able to to add customers to their store and give them another uh, sale and profit opportunity. You'll get a kick out of this. This is a no bullshit story. Is when I was riding that mountain bike, there were several times I caught myself twisting the throttle. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Like when, when I when I put it into the the highest assist, you know, and you're coming Boost, around yeah. a turn. Yeah, when you're coming around a turn and you really kick it, and it has all that torquey feel, and you can actually start climbing 22 miles an hour uphill. I found myself a couple of times like like doing that. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? This is not you know, but it's it it does feel damn near exact like a motorcycle. Especially when you hit the throttle and it jumps out from under you, flips you over backwards. <laughs> yeah. So not that that's happened to me. I just put that out there. No. Yeah. So, so part part of the business opportunity uh, clearly is you know it's it's that branded approach to business. Uh, we've got a, a motorcycle distribution channel, our current dealer network, and now with Felt joining the family, we also have. Uh, a complete network of independent bicycle dealers uh, across North America and around the world. So that's a that's a new distribution channel that we haven't been engaged with before. And you know, there's another opportunity to connect with a whole new group of customers through that distribution channel as well. We've had a lot of our dealers take on electric bicycle products. Some had a lot of success. Some have not. You know, some some would say that the e bicycles are nothing but a distraction. A distraction for the power sports OEM. How do you convince them that the e-bicycles belong in a power sports store as opposed to a traditional bicycle store? So I think there, I think your key word there is convince, and we're not necessarily looking to convince anyone of anything. Uh, what we want to talk to them about is the business opportunity, and it's it's truly up to them. We we know the opportunity is there. We've got the data that shows there's there's crossover. We've got the data that shows we can bring new customers into their store. And the discussion that we have is, when are you ready to invest? So the the bicycle 
business can be an add-on product where they can buy 10 or 15 of them, put them on the showroom floor and, and they can sell them. And I believe that that's an add-on product in the dealership. And the question is, when do you want to invest? And that's the, that's the conversation that we had with our dealers is now is the time to invest. So investment means you're going to make it a, a real business and you're going to hire salespeople that are engaged in the sport and are bicycle experts. You're going to have a service technician or, or two that are trained. You're going to have special tools in, in, your, in your showroom and you're going to have financing available and you're going to treat it as a, as a major unit in your store. It's not in the PG&A department, uh, you know, kind of stuck in the corner. So for dealers, the, the discussion isn't about convincing them. It's about talking to them about the business opportunity and when they're ready to invest in the business. And our organization has done it. So we've got now 500 global employees that are fully dedicated to the bicycle business. We've got a 100,000 square foot facility with 80 engineers that are that are working on electric technology and the future of electric across all of our brands and, and platforms. We have a joint venture with a manufacturing facility in Bulgaria. We can manufacture up to 350,000 bicycles. Uh, we're looking at opportunities with, with suspension and different components to bring them in-house and vertically integrate them, just like we've done on the motorcycle side. So we're taking the bicycle business in a different direction, and we believe that there's a lot that we can add to that industry. Simple things like commercial distribution finance or retail financing or things that are very commonplace in the motorcycle industry are not in the bicycle industry. And of course, now engaging in, in the bicycle world, we're able to learn best practices there and bring those over into the motorcycle side as well. So it's, it's giving the, the opportunity has given all of us a, a different perspective on the business, but we're not out to convince anyone of anything. We're out to show them the business opportunity and have a discussion and, and see if it makes sense for us to do good business together. You, you know, John, we talked about why dealers are hesitant and um, so many of them, you know, I'm sitting here as, as we're record, we have the video screens up on the recording, even though the recording is ultimately only audio. And I'm looking at three guys who love motorcycles and love bicycles. And, and we are not alone. There are a lot of us out there that play on both sides of the fence, if you will. And I think a lot of power sport dealers or Harley dealers or, you know, n name the brand. They get hung up on the fact that why would I want bicycle people in here? And I'm just like, y you have to believe in the culture of the bicycle industry John, you had mentioned an add-on in the store that you can put 10 of them a year and make it an add-on in the store. And I kind of feel like that's what the one-wheel one model is. You know, people have a one-wheel in the parts department and we sell a couple of them or whatever. But the bicycle industry is a, is a culture. And if you don't have someone who can speak bicycle in the dealership, then, Tony, I think that's where we get to the point where you're saying that it becomes a distraction. When you couple that with knowing who your dance partner is, because there are a lot of brands out there who have e-bikes, and they cobble them together. They get the frame from this country and they get the components from this country and they put together this Frankenstein thing and they throw them on the showroom floor and nobody knows how to talk bicycle or build them or whatever. And it fails. And then you get your team not wanting to sell them. So um, with the investment, John, I just I applaud you guys because with the time and money and energy you're putting into really changing the bicycle industry and allowing power sport dealers to participate in that. I really do believe it to be a win-win, especially when you talk about retail financing and the sweet spot being right in line with the dirt bike sweet spot of five to seven grand. I think this is fantastic. I'm, I'm looking at your 10-year model that you talked about, and I'm kind of curious 
when you talked about how important the dealer was, I made that comment from the stage that we, we know we could sit here really fast and make a list of 20 OEMs that are trying to circumvent the dealer as we move forward. And you consider the dealer to be paramount in the success of that 10-year plan. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because as a dealer advocate in our, our organization, as a dealer advocacy, uh, we find that really important. I think our listeners would as well. From a global perspective, we believe that there's, there's four key points to uh, success, kind of strategic success. Uh, the first one is globalization of our, of our company. And we've talked about some of the manufacturing capacity and capabilities, joint ventures that, that we've got with, with other brands and how we work globally, how we're able to be pretty quick and nimble in our decisions and change uh, to support different parts of the world with products, depending on what the market needs are. Uh, innovation, massive investment into innovation, R&D, bringing new, new products uh, to market quickly, as well as innovation in business practices. From a brand's perspective, it's a house of brands business strategy and structure, and we've talked about that. And the the last key to success is dealers, and the commitment to brick and mortar and the commitment to dealers is is a hundred percent there from our organization. That last three feet or the connection that that dealer has with the consumer is is the most critical part of the sale and, and most critical part of the interaction where that consumer, that's where they, that's where they really touch and feel the brand and they connect to it. And we believe the, the main street dealers across the world, across North America, they're part of a community, uh, not only our industry, but also the community that they, they live and work and employ people in. And it's important. And it's important that they're there. They're the ones that have the expertise, the local knowledge, they do the the local ride days or they're at the tracks or doing the track days or mm-hmm. putting on, you know, the Saturday morning, you know, coffee and being able to connect their customer, our consumer to their store and, and ultimately to our brands and, and products. And it's super important to us. It's it's a key to success and has been in the past and, and we believe will continue to be uh, in the future. That's that's a good 11 or 12 question session that we've had from you, John. Um, what haven't we asked you or what else would you like to have the, the dealers out there that listen to us or the other manufacturers know, like what else would you like them to know? You know, I think from not really nothing from a business perspective, but I think more from a personal perspective, love what you do, be passionate about what you do enjoyed each and every day. And we talk a lot with our team here about every day you've got an opportunity. Uh, every day is a new opportunity when when you get up in the morning and you get to decide. And when you walk into your dealership, take a look around. And I think for myself, I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunities I've had to to work in an industry that I love and that I'm still passionate about. And, and I ride as much as I can. I ride motorcycles and bicycles as much as I can. And it's really a blessing that all of us have. And, and I think keep that in mind, uh, love what you do, be passionate about what you do. And if you do that, and as Sam mentioned, you identify who your, your best dancing partner is, you know, make that connection and commitment to them and do good business together and help grow the sports that we love. Love it. And I guess my Norton 901 is caught in the transit somewhere. It's on a ship somewhere. <laughs> I was wondering where that thing is. Sam, you need to pay for that. 
<laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I like, I like, so, I like, we're doing business now. Yeah, yeah. I like, hey, I like how, you, how somebody finally came back with that, which is, <laughs> you got to pay for that. Sure. I, is that a COD or is that actually, you're going to give me a credit card right now? I got nothing on that. I just, I thought that was a, a layaway plan we were working on. Okay. No, just wrap this thing up, Tony. <laughs> Let's get this. Let's get this damn thing done with. No. Hey, John, listen, thank you so much for your time very forthright in your answers and a lot of great insight into the industry so uh, we wish you guys nothing but really good success in the future and uh, super excited to see what comes out of you guys uh, in the next five years so for Sam Dantzler and John Hines I'm Tony Gonzalez this has been GarageCast have a fantastic Tuesday everybody we'll talk to you soon thanks everyone thanks everyone